Welcome back. Uh, hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show. The tournament's underway. St. Patrick's Day is underway. Lockout is over. You've got Brewers baseball coming on the air this weekend, and uh, I can't wait, personally. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. Don't forget, our opening day broadcast is going to be live at Stenny's. They're going to be running shuttles to and from American Family Field uh, for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers home opener, and cannot wait to get the season started to do even more, uh, to talk about it even more. Our good friend, uh, first time on the program since the new network began, uh, our good friend Rick Schlesinger, the president of business operations for the Milwaukee Brewers. Rick, how you doing? Hey, Bill, thanks for having me on. It's a historic day for my first appearance on your show in the new in the new system. I'm, I'm loving having you here, man. It's been far too long. Uh, so, first of all, the, the, finally get the lockout out of the way and, and moving forward. What do we have to look forward to? Anything new at, at uh, American Family Field this upcoming season? Yeah, we've, we actually have been doing a lot of reimagination of our concessions, and so we'll details to follow shortly, but um, I think fans are going to see some really uh, great upgrades to the type of food and beverages that we're going to be offering, and I underline beverages, um, and especially for those who are 21 and older. So um, we've done some really good things. We, we've been itching to, to get them done because uh, in, the, in the lockout, we – we obviously, uh, we're, we're trying to navigate through a work stoppage and all that, but uh, we're excited that we're finally having the games and finally able to, you know, to showcase uh, all the new F&B stuff that we're doing. I thought it was interesting. I was talking about this a little bit earlier because you guys went through a season with no fans, and then last year you didn't get fans back until maybe after the first month, month and a half of the season, and it was partial, and then finally you got back into the swing of things. So for a small market team who relies so much on the gate, the fact that you went out, you spent some money in the offseason, it's been interesting – how is the team, and I don't want to say give us your finances, but how is the team financially right now as you begin to move forward through not only some of the improvements to American Family Field, but obviously you look at payroll too in that situation? Yeah, it was it was a pretty brutal last few years. There's no question, you know, with no fans and, and then obviously restricted attendance in 2021. And as you said, we, we rely heavily on admissions revenue. So to have uh, restrictions on that was, was obviously uh, harmful. But we're in really good shape. Um, you know, we, we we sort of you know have relationships with uh, our partners who are great in supporting the team. Uh, we have great relationships with bankers who are obviously supportive. Um, and frankly, you know, from our perspective, we're we're really well positioned to stretch payroll as we did with with the signing of uh, McCutcheon. And again, as Mark always says, if there are opportunities between now and the start of the season, or frankly during the season, he's going to pounce on them. Um, team's in really good shape from a competitive perspective, and I think this is you know really good year that we're going to expect and from the team, and and it requires uh, funding it. And Mark and ownership group are 100 percent committed behind it. Uh, Rick, I, I, I'm going to go to baseball on you here for a second. I I've been saying for a while now. I think you guys are going to win the Central, but watching the fire sale take place in Cincinnati, another small market team, the rebuild that's trying to be attempted in Pittsburgh, watching what's going on in Chicago, winning this division, running away last year, you got to feel good where you sit right now and what you guys have done versus everybody else in the division. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting because you know certainly we we look at the Cardinals as a as a as always a formidable opponent. They they always seem to figure out a way to do it. Um, last year they when they win seventeen in a row. I, you know, and they they figured out uh, the Cubs are an interesting team. Frankly, I mean they they've stripped some people, but but they they have some good core and they just signed a you know the the, the player from Japan. 
I think they're an interesting team. You know, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, yep, they're they're certainly in a rebuild mode. But you know, it's it's interesting. You know this. You've been you've been around sports for so long. You, you know, when you, you still got to beat the teams, regardless mm-hmm. of what you know their talent level is, and and you end up seeing so many times that a team sometimes takes a, a you know a team of lesser talent for granted, and then they lose. And in baseball, you see that all the time. So. If you talk to Craig and David Stearns, um, you know they don't look at anybody in our division as as a as just a rollover opponent. They, you know, in any given day, um, we can face a hot pitcher or, or a hot hitter. Um, I like our chances in the Central. I think we have a great, talented team, probably the most talented team since I've been here, um, and dominated by incredible pitching. So, you know, you stay healthy, you you get people to perform, and, and I think we should be in very good shape this year. Talking with Rick Slesher, the president of business operations for the Milwaukee Brewers. I do got to ask you about that article I saw in the Journal Sentinel, and I just want you to touch on that a minute. But there are renovations that uh, you guys would like to do to American Family Field and the possibility, at least it made it seem like the possibility of asking the public for funding on this. Uh, could be very, very real. There was this, you know, kind of shadow of could this Milwaukee Brewers team leave? And then it, it kind of sent a little bit of a shockwave through some people. So just explain that and what is what is on the horizon or what you're looking for on the horizon for this franchise. Sure. Yeah, I, I you know, newspaper articles, you know, sometimes, um, you know, put out there things that are somewhat true, somewhat speculative. Um, I have actually a lot of respect for the, the Tom Dakin, the, the writer. Um, but the reality is, is we want to be here long term. Our lease is to 2040, 2030. We want to be here past that and be here for the next generation of fans. I think um, everybody wants that. We want that. So that's all of what we're trying to do. You know, we have a lease with the seating district, and the seating district has been a very, very good landlord and a very good partner with us on keeping the ballpark state of the art, fresh, up to date. The ballpark is well maintained. Anybody that comes to American Family Field will tell you that it is one of the, the jewel ballparks in the, in the in the country, and we just want to make sure that the same district, you know, has enough funds to to meet all of its existing obligations under the lease. And we're not looking to expand those obligations, or we're not looking for the district to do things it's not contractually required to do. We're always at the same time investing in you know millions of dollars annually in the ballpark as well as to make it as more fan friendly as possible. But if there is if there is a shortfall with what you know the lease requires the district to fund between now and 2040, and what the district has, obviously we're going to need you know a public contribution, and the form of that is is to be determined. Doesn't make sense to start thinking about that until we know that there is a shortfall in the amount of it. What I've told everybody is you know there is no return to the five county tax. That is not going to happen. Um, the five county tax was retired. And mm-hmm. we'll look to other solutions. And again, our goal, we want to be here for the next generation. I'm very comfortable saying that we'll do that. And I'm also very comfortable saying that we'll figure out a solution that involves, you know, everybody, the, the public, you know, or, or the politicians, the ballpark, the business community, you know, everything. Uh, what uh, what plans are there additionally for, for American Family Field? I love the microbrews and such down the first baseline. I love all the different foods that have been kind of put throughout the park. Uh, the fact that you've enhanced the, the, the giant screen. Everything looks to be, like you said, I, I was talking about this earlier today. It's one of the most well-maintained parks I've ever been to. And some of them are built, they're brand new, and they're already dirty. So kudos to the staff that take care of American Family Field. But what else, what kind of future plans do you say, okay, we'd like to do this? I mean, I know ribbon boards were put up at one point. What else would you like to do? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, we're always looking at, you know, what projects we can develop and, and build and create for the fan experience. And, and we've got, you know, probably 20 to 25 different projects that we're thinking about for the next five years that the club would do. You know, what one thing I want to make sure that people understand, you know, the, what we're looking from the district is, is not to fund you know, projects that the team should be funding. But, to, you know, to basically there's the entire infrastructure of the ballpark, you know, the boilers, the chillers, the the seats, the structural steel, the concrete, you know, the, the basic um, boards, the, 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 you know, that the whole infrastructure, the roof, those are the kind of things that we want mm-hmm. to make sure the district has enough money to fund. And then there's other provisions in the lease, um, whether changes in government regulations or major league baseball requirements or upgrades that are implicating us with other ballparks, all that stuff is again, district obligations. We just want to make sure there's enough money there, but we have so many designs of our own that we would fund on our own. Um, And my job is to take, you know, the 20 to 25 ideas, crystallize them into five, six, seven ideas, go to ownership and say, let's do it and then get these things off the ground and get them successful. So no shortage of ideas from our team and from outside consultants and architects and designers. Um, the challenge will be how do, we, how do we pick from some really good ideas to ones that we can do in the next three or four or five years. Uh, start times in Major League Baseball, they changed that a little bit this year. Can, I, can you explain why? Well, the start times, I mean, there's, there's – our opening day, um, April 14, we originally, that was going to be not opening day, and it was originally a 6.40 p.m. start. So we thought, said, let's have some fun with it. Let's have it start at 4.14, which, which I love. Sense, given it's 4.14 day, and it's, Mar- and it's April 14. Um, but from our perspective, you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be more traditional and more consistent with our game times fans that fans are used to. You know, in April and May, midweek, we're looking, you know, for 6.40 starts. Once it hits summer, 7-10 starts. Sundays are always going to be one ten starts. Saturdays usually 6-10. Um, there'll be a few oddities in the schedule. We've got a, a very unusual traditional doubleheader against the Giants September 8. Um, so fans, for one price, will be able to see two games. And that'll be a different start time than normal. So there'll be a few little oddities. But again, just because we're trying to compact 162 games you know, in a shortened time frame, there has been a little bit of juggling in the schedule, but nothing that I think will be too disconcerting to the fans. Rick Schlesinger, president of business operations for the Milwaukee Brewers. Real quick before I let you go, uh, opening day, the home opener. Uh, give us uh, the timing of everything when it comes to opening up the lots and everything that we should be expecting on that particular day. Yeah, gates open, uh, you know, two hours before first pitch. So 2.14, gates will open, first pitch is 4.15. The lots generally open three hours before. What we, what we try to do is if we see a lot of lines of fans coming in, we'll, we'll try to open the lots earlier. I don't want, you know, a lot of traffic on the 94 and, right. and causing any consternation. And it's interesting, Bill, you, the, 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 the earlier the crowd arrives is really a function of the weather. If, if it's nice and sunny, you know, you have a lot of tailgaters. They're going to come earlier. If it's rainy or cloudy or cold, you sort of have a little bit of a late arrival. So I, if people want to know what's going to happen with, you know, gates and lock, and, you know, with the parking lots, probably check the weather forecast. Um, it would be fun to have the roof open. Um, may not be possible on April 14 because you sometimes get snow at this in this stage. But mm-hmm. um, it will be flexible. But, yeah, the traditional is two hours for first pitch for opening day and the lots to the parking areas open three hours before first pitch. 
Hey, Rick, real quick, and I apologize, one more question, but uh, it's important to get, and people are talking about why do spring training, why have fans, because so many teams have had these renovations or have had new ballparks built, and they're in all these different towns, specifically out in Arizona. You guys just went through a major restructure and a refacing of American Family Fields of Phoenix. You have a debt there. Uh, you know, the, spring training has become important as a revenue generator. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously dwarfed by what we, you know, generate in, in regular season. But, you know, spring training games clearly are, are tradition. That's sort of the fabric of baseball. Spring training has been around since, you know, the 20s. And, and, and it's it's fun to see the games in a, in a more relaxed environment. You're closer to the action. It's more intimate. Um, you get to see some players play that you may not see in the major leagues, but it's still fun. Um, so, you know, for our perspective and also the they want to be in game-ready condition, and the best way to do that is actually to play games. So it's it's sort of a tradition of baseball that that I don't see ever going away. And and you know we need the players in shape. This year is a little condensed spring training, but in a normal environment, you know we'd have 15 home games. This year we have nine, and we have a longer spring training. But again, we're going to be pivoting and be a little more nimble this year with with what we're dealing with in the schedule. Rick, great to great to have you on. Uh, can't wait to see you guys down at the ballpark and kind of get back to the sense of normalcy. I cannot wait for it. I appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you for having me on, Bill. Absolutely. There you go. Rick Schlesinger, president of business operations for your Milwaukee Brewers, kind of giving you a lowdown as to everything going on at American Family Field. And, uh, you know, again, very specific. In that article, it kind of gave you the sense that, there could possibly be a tax. There could possibly be some public funding. There could possibly be the return of some of it. He very emphatically said, no, that is not it. That's not what we're doing. And it is only if there would be a shortfall to the stadium funding tax, that pot of revenue that is sitting there, that pot of money that is sitting there, that we would then need to co- kind of come to some tor- type of an agreement for any renovations and or infrastructure upgrades to American Family Field. And they are working towards, as he said, a longer-term lease and extending that lease. Now, granted, they can use that for leverage. I don't. I don't doubt that. But uh, but that's one of the reason I wanted them on because it, it left some vagary there, and I wanted to make sure you understood what it is the Brewers' side of things were when it came to what they wanted to do. And like he mentioned, the roof, the infrastructure, but some of the things we don't see. You know, when I even walk through like the bowels of that place, where a lot of people don't normally go. It's it's clean. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. You look at the 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 metal, the the you know actual girders, you know the thing, the the bones of the building, and they all look great. But then, like he said, you've got a lot of things that you don't see. Those giant infrastructure when it comes to the cooling systems for the beers and the taps and the tap rooms and and everything down below the stuff that's hidden behind walls. You don't get a chance to see all that stuff like that might have to be replaced. Certain things uh, for beautification. Obviously, the parking lots will eventually need some uh, repair those are going to start to uh to, you know kind of show signs of weather and where it's just a lot of those things that we don't normally think about you think about so it, it was a good explanation good to get him on and uh, really looking forward to be baseball being back um and obviously double headers double headers got some double headers coming back this year i wouldn't mind seeing a couple of those back-to-backs where you get about 30 20 30 minutes in between games And you're right back at it. You know, you go up, you get your beverage. You're kind of full because you had that giant pretzel and a hot dog before, but then you've kind of gotten your second win. You go back for that other beer. Yeah, not a bad way to go. Get into some of that stuff. Looking forward to it. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. 
877-1671. Hit us up. Feel free to go ahead and do so. Hey, if you're going to go out in the back, maybe you're going to do tailgating in style. Get yourself an RV from our friends at Cunis RV. Cunis RV, they are Wisconsin's fastest growing and continue to grow. RV dealer in the state of Wisconsin and uh, just beyond the borders as well. In the region, that is. They've got all the different brands. Jayco, Alliance, Coachman, Dutchman, Forest River, Gulfstream, Nexus, Thor, Heartland, Crossroads, Keystone, Winnebago, so much more. They've got them all. If you're looking for a motorhome, a fifth wheel, a camper van, travel trailer, Cunis RV, got you covered. No problem. K-U-N-E-S, Cunis, K-U-N-E-S. That's Cunis RV. Stop into one of their many dealerships throughout the state and just beyond the borders. Take advantage of some of the great deals they have and interest rates are starting to go up. So now's the time. If you're going to do it, do it. And they offer top dollar for trades and they even take consignments. All that good stuff from our friends at Cunis RV. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. Tell them we sent you. If you go down to the one down in Elkhorn, uh, get a hold of my buddy Scott. He's a GM down there. Say, say, Bill sent me in. Show me something. Show me something. Show me what you got. Cut me a deal. And uh, they'll do it, by all means. And hands down. Great people to work with. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Colorado State up on Michigan, 36-29 at the half. Uh, Elsewhere in college hoops, you've got uh, 31-23 over um, Providence right now over South Dakota State. Coming up uh, later on this afternoon, 3.30 Central Time, Marquette takes on number 8 North Carolina. Coming up here in uh, just a few, uh, you're going to get underway uh, Boise State and Memphis. Then you've got Baylor, the number one seed uh, in the uh, East Regional, taking on Norfolk, Norfolk State. You've got uh, Longwood in Tennessee. Uh, the Richmond Spiders taking on the Iowa Hawkeyes at 210. You've got Gonzaga in the West Regional, the number one seed, taking on Georgia State at 315. And it kind of goes on from there all the way through the rest of the evening. And uh, it's exciting. I love it. I love this time of year. Can't say it enough. Um, so i uh, got all that coming up. Uh, here's one other piece of interesting news. I don't know if you saw this, but Colin Kaepernick has reached out to Pete Carroll. Colin Kaepernick reached out to Pete Carroll and said he wants to play. Obviously, Seattle is a team where they're kind of looking for a quarterback. Carroll said Kaepernick may or may not get an opportunity in Seattle. He said, I don't know if it's here. I don't know where it is. Uh, I don't know if it's even in football. I don't know, Pete Carroll said. People get a second opportunity in their lifetime, and they can make the most of it if they're ready for it. I don't mean to send out any mixed messages about that, but I wanted you to understand that's how serious this is. It's a second-chance opportunity. But Colin Kaepernick uh, getting some run from Pete Carroll on the possibility of coming back and playing. So, uh, And, you know, they always show the the annual, like, Puxatawney Phil coming out of his hole to see his shadow. You've got Colin Kaepernick working out at some high school or college football field or practice field. 
running around, throwing passes, and seeing if he still still has it in some way, shape, or form. And he always looks good. He's always in shape, and people always say he's ready to play. But we'll see. We'll see if he gets another opportunity to go somewhere else. What else? Ben, what do you have? What what uh, what did you say? You got an interesting tweet? So it's uh, big-time Twitter sleuth hours right now. Kyle Pitts, okay. tight end from the Falcons. The, he was a rookie last year. Tweeted about 20 minutes ago, quote, it's about to get scary in Atlanta. And uh, for what it's worth, he and Deshaun Watson share an agent. Now, uh, the Falcons signed Casey Hayward like an hour-ish, hour and a half ago. And then Pitts said that, oh, yeah, I was talking about Casey Hayward, though many online are connecting the dots because apparently the Falcons are on the radar for Watson. So many are connecting the dots. They are. And, the yeah, the, the, the Cleveland Browns, by the way, announced they're out of the running for Deshaun Watson. Um, it's interesting because um, the way I understand it, I was reading the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and uh, D. Orlando Ledbetter, who used to write for the Journal Sentinels down there, I was kind of corresponding with him. He says that Arthur Blank, the owner, uh, it's not that he's had it with Matt Ryan. It's just they want an upgrade. They want they believe Deshaun Watson could be an upgrade. And uh, now what they would do if they would make a trade and, and send Matt Ryan there, how that would work, oh, we would have to wait and see. But uh, they very much are in the running for Deshaun Watson, that he could be the next, you know, kind of coming there. And uh, they know there's going to be some disciplinary action via the NFL, but they believe that he could be their future. So, but very much um, the reason they've been so emphatic about reaching out has been the fact that Arthur Blank, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, has taken an interest in him. So we know that Seattle, who has probably the most to offer, uh, Seattle's interested, other teams are interested, but Atlanta kind of as a dark horse, very quietly snuck into this thing, and they have planted their flag on Deshaun Watson, so we'll wait and see. But, uh, but yeah, interesting. Did you see the yeah, Baker I, Mayfield novel yesterday? Uh, the Goodbye to Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he even said, I don't know what what's ahead for me. But I think he believed that um, that that he was gone. I think he really believed it. Now, I don't know what happened between yesterday and today, but Cleveland has pulled their name from that Deshaun Watson, um, you know, foray, so to speak. I read that they were informed that they were out of the running. Maybe from the, Oh, were they? Okay. Well then, okay. Then, then, then that's it. Then maybe he just didn't want to go there. Remember Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause. So he may have said, Hey, I'm not, I don't want to go there. So that might've ended it. So maybe they, they did not pull themselves out. Maybe they were informed that you're right. Maybe they were just informed that, that that's not a place that he wants to go and play. Especially after they gave up, uh, you know. Uh, then again, they got Amari Cooper. It's not like uh, they're, they're bereft of talent there to throw to. And their defense is okay. They need to bolster it a little bit more. But we'll wait and see. All but yeah, this- they're out of the running. So it's going to be Baker Mayfield's team again. All this quarterback movement and terrible quarterbacks in the draft, I you really think nobody would come and give a two for Jordan Love with the points we've reached? I That's only if the Packers are truly shopping him. You know what I mean? You don't have to. You still got him on a contract for a couple more years. So you don't have to shop him. If, you're, if somebody says, hey, 
that's the guy we were interested in. Let me let me say this. If nobody's chasing Jordan Love, I mean, nobody. If nobody, once Aaron Rodgers signed, unless the Packers said, don't call us, Jordan Love is not up for sale. If nobody's calling, what does that say? Well, nobody wanted him to begin with. Now, I don't know if the phone's ringing or not. I, I, I'm not inside Brian Gutekind's office. But if nobody's calling, and you would, you would assume that, you know, somebody would have an agent or somebody would have said, yeah, hey, they have an interest in this guy. You know, David Dunn might have said, hey, there's an interest in Jordan Love, even though he's also um, Aaron Rodgers' agent. You know, maybe somebody would have said, hey, there's an interest in my guy just to create a buzz, you know, something. But there is no Jordan Love talk on the open market. Part of me thinks it might wait for the Watson domino to fall. Because like we saw after Rodgers came back, there were all the dominoes that fell there with Wilson and Wentz and all that stuff. Part of me thinks once Watson goes somewhere, maybe Jimmy G too, then we'll get to that point. By the way, Colorado State still up three on Michigan as Michigan has closed the gap. Uh, Colorado State kind of succumbing to the pressure of Michigan right now defensively and taking some ill-advised shots, firing it up from way outside consistently and not hitting. And that has allowed Michigan to kind of climb back into this. So Michigan uh, three points down to Colorado State as it stands right now. But we are all, as we all know, rooting against Michigan and Dewan Howard. I just would like to see them start hitting their shots again from the outside and then move on. Uh, 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, do so. Uh, Jay Nelson says uh, regarding Randall Cobb, yeah, because he was told to, uh, that, to take the cut or he'd be cut. No, he wasn't. He, he made room. Yeah, he could be cut. You're right. If he wanted to keep playing, he could be cut. You're right, but he wasn't going to be cut. He's Aaron Rodgers' guy. He did take the best option, but he didn't have to. That's just it. You can say options are dictated by circumstance. I understand that. And Cobb may not have been picked up by anybody else, but he's Rodgers' guy. He's Rodgers' guy, and he wasn't going anywhere. And he to, to look. <coughs> look at it this way. You can be cut and never play again. Or you can sit, go to the team and say, hey, I'll take a pay cut. I want to I want to continue to play. It's what I do. It's what I love. It's what I want to be a part of. Aaron's my guy. He wants me here. I'll take a pay cut to stay. Of course. He does have options. He could have taken millions of dollars and went home. Never played again. But he didn't. So you can make fun of it all you want. You can be a jag about it all you want. But he took a pay cut. And that's what matters. 877-867-1670. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If you are going to do some corned beef and cabbage, 
Now, you probably went and picked it up yesterday because it's probably been sitting in the uh, slow cooker for a while now. Uh, as a matter of fact, this my house smells like it top to bottom. I mean, you open the door to the studio, it comes wafting in. But if you're going to get any kind of great, whether it's corned beef or you're going to be looking for ribs or chicken, turkey, steaks, different cuts, oh, yeah. Robert's Specialty Meats in Waukesha. Go to robertspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. That is robertspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. And uh, you can see everything that they have to offer. Ben, are you watching this Michigan game? Yeah, yeah. It's on, uh, it's on which, a screen in the background, not that closely. Okay, which, by the way, Michigan just took the lead. 45-44. They were down 13. They have stormed back. And now they are uh, up by a point. But Colorado State can't buy a bucket right now. They, I mean, it's they've had three or four shots that have just, they, it's gone halfway down the bucket and just never, never made it through. And uh, they just, uh, well, they, there you go. They finally, finally scored and got fouled. So they've got a chance to make it a three-point play. But, oh, my God, Colorado State, they're, they're sh- I don't even know what they're shooting is. I haven't even looked to see what their percentage is in this contest. But, oh, my goodness, they got to be shooting 30%. Terrible. Uh, okay, I was I was wrong. They're 37%. They're 37% beyond the arc, by the way. And uh, the Wolverines, their three-point shooting, 22.2% right now in this contest. Just awful. But uh, Colorado State back up by two. And uh, we're all rooting against Michigan and Juwan Howard to go down as a dismal failure. Crossing our fingers. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Mark says, do you think that Colin Kaepernick really does get a fair chance in the NFL? Um, I think at this point, if you're serious about bringing him in, okay, yeah, you would give him a fair chance. You're not gonna you're not gonna go through the motions at this point. This is a guy that's been out of the league for a while. You're not gonna go through the motions and just say, Hey, we're trying to give him an opportunity. You know, you're not gonna do that. If you're if you're a team that needs a quarterback and you wanna make sure that you're doing your due diligence, maybe at some point you say, Yep, you know what, we'll give you a shot. Even if it's a backup. If you're looking for maybe to catch lightning in a bottle type of thing. Uh, but again, I go back to the fact that at when all of this took place, and he remember, there's two things to remember in all of this. One is he he opted out of his contract. He had a contract and opted out of it. He opted out of it, and he was not playing that well at the time. And then you throw in all the things that were going on with you know the protests and stuff, and and. Nobody wanted to take a chance on a quarterback who was not playing that well, pay him more money, and bring adversity. Nobody wanted that. So I agree that the adversity had something to do with it. There's Whether you want to call it a black bar or whatever, I get it. But he was not playing that well at the time. He opted out of his contract. It wasn't like they cut him. He opted, he opted out. And then when they did want to set up an opportunity for him to show his wares, and at the very last minute, he, for whatever reason, Change the venue for for what many felt was going to be a workout. Um, he changed the venue. It kind of thought, well, maybe this guy's not serious about coming back. But if if say Seattle, as Pete Carroll had alluded to, maybe they give him an opportunity. But you're not bringing him in just 
for, to show. You're not doing that to say, hey, look, we have uh, a blind heart. We're we're willing to accept anybody. No, you're you're saying, look, we need to get better at quarterback. We don't have a quarterback. Or we're looking for a major upgrade at quarterback. Now, for a guy that's been out of the league for four years, you know, I, five years, I, I don't, I don't, I can't see anybody bringing him in just to bring him in for show. By the way, Michigan has gotten real hot after going down by four. They have come storming back, hitting back to back to back threes. Colorado State not hitting their shots at all, and suddenly Michigan is starting to heat up. So the place is going crazy. Uh, things have certainly, uh, you know, swung in the favor of Michigan as they lead 53-49 um, midway through the second half of that contest. So, um, anyway, just wanted to bring you up to date on that. But I, going back to the Colin Kaepernick thing, that that's just my opinion. If you bring him in for a workout, it's a serious workout. They're not doing it for show anymore. It, it's been too much water under the bridge. It's been too long. You bring him in because you believe he may have a shot at helping your team if you think he's got the wherewithal to be a quarterback in the NFL. That's the only reason you're bringing him in. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show, we can uh, continue on. Um, interesting. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they released Joe Schobert after adding Miles Jack, and uh, Schobert was uh, owed some money. They ended up saving money. They're going to save about $7.8 million on the salary cap by releasing Schobert. Jack agreed to a two-year $60 million deal yesterday. So the Steelers let go of uh, Joe Schobert today. He is now out in the open market. Fourth-round draft choice by the Browns at the time. And Schobert's been good. Uh, Registered more than 100 tackles in five of his six NFL seasons, including the past five straight. So been solid. But uh, Joe Schobert out on the open market. A thought. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. Hit us up on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. Also on Facebook, you can find us. Go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. You can find us on YouTube under uh, Bill Michaels Show, which, by the way, again, thanks to everybody watching on YouTube. Every time uh, we do something over there, um, people find us, and uh, I love it, and I can't say thanks enough. To all of you who follow us over there, um, it's it's great to be a part of your everyday life. Thank you for subscribing for free, by the way, uh, approaching 2,200 subscribers. I don't know if that's big or, or not. I mean, and as opposed to like McAfee, who's probably got a million, you know, we got 2,200, but uh, we grow every day. I love it. love the fact that we're on, on YouTube. Uh, although YouTube's been a little more restrictive when it comes to uh, the music and such, but YouTube's been pretty good. It's been a great way to watch and listen to the program. So go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. So good stuff there. Um, This is from David who says, uh, Brewers 97 wins, book it. Another one with 97 wins. We haven't even gotten into the season yet. 
I don't start predicting wins until we're like a couple of days away from uh, from getting into the season. Only for the fact that between now and then, God forbid, knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood right now. Um, injuries can happen. Uh, God, you get uh, you know you get an injury that you don't want. I dare I talk about it, but you get an injury to say Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff or you know Josh Hader, or Devin Williams, or a couple of them. It just changes the whole perspective uh, of what it is you think you're going to be able to do. So uh, I I don't I don't go there. Not yet. I don't. I don't start getting into those predictions. Not yet. But we will. We will eventually. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, this is from Stan. No, I already read that. I apologize. Stan wanted to know if we were at the, the restaurant this past weekend. Yes. Um, this one is from Kim. Kim says, uh, hey, Bill, I love what the Packers are doing. What other moves do you feel they need to make before they get to the NFL draft? Also, who are they going to target in the draft in the first round? I have not, and again, I've said this before, but until we get to April, I don't get too deep into the draft because it changes, and it shouldn't. I mean, the draft should not change at all. You you shouldn't be going to the draft at this point going, who's rising up the big board? Because it doesn't matter. The draft is pretty much done. Most teams have sat down and they have figured out what their, what their draft is going to look like. Right? Most teams do. Most teams already have. So... They, they their due diligence is is completely done. I'm not I'm not worried about that. Um, but when it comes to the draft, I think this draft is different for the Packers because I believe there's enough there, whether it be a defensive lineman, uh, a wide receiver, um, something to that effect. Now, Chris Olave is a guy that a lot of people are talking about, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. I understand that. Uh, there's also Trevor Penning, big, uh, big offensive tackle, but he's out of Northern Iowa, but I don't think he's going to fall. There's a lot of people that think that he's going to be really, uh, he's solid and he's going to end up going high in this draft. Uh, there's also Kenyon green, the big offensive lineman out of uh, Texas A&M. But at this point in time, if you want an edge rusher, there's uh, George uh, Karlaftis, I think, the kid out of Purdue. He's solid. Uh, there's the corner, Trent McDuffie out of Washington. The the offensive line, uh, lineman, Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Um, uh, there's Boy, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Maffey, Mafe? Boye Maffey. Uh, Boye Maffey, uh, the kid out of Minnesota who's a lot of people have talked about, especially with the fact that, you know, Zedaria Smith is now gone, that if he falls to the Packers, he could be there. So, I, I again, there's so many things to speculate on, um, but it would not surprise me if the Packers jumped up in the draft to get, say, that wide receiver they're really coveting, you know? I don't think they're going to get, like, Jamison, Wills, uh, Jamison Williams out of Alabama – but certainly they talked to, we know they talked to, had a lengthy conversation with Chris Olave out of Ohio State. There's Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Uh, Sky Moore, uh, the other kid out of Western Michigan. But he doesn't rank real high. And I don't think you need 
to take a wide receiver just to take a wide receiver unless you're going to jump up to get the guy you want. Uh, six minutes to go, six plus, 57-54. Michigan still on top of Colorado State after they battled back. Now it's into a uh, per-possession, per-bucket um, type of game. And uh, Michigan just hit a quick turnaround, too, got the foul as well. It's 59-54 Michigan over Colorado State. I'm dying. Roddy, um, who was guarding uh, for uh, guarding Dickinson for Colorado State, that guy has had a – he's a hustler. I like him. But, God, that guy's – He's all over the place. And he keeps taking these outside. He keeps taking threes. He's firing He's firing up more. Now, he's got 11 points in the game so far, but he's firing up bricks from everywhere. Oh, my God. It's like from, from beyond the arc, just stop shooting. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. 877-867-1670. Memphis and Boise State just now getting underway. 43-29 Providence. Running away with the game over South Dakota State, uh, but the game uh, that we're paying attention to right out of the shoot, 60-54 Michigan over Colorado State right now. Marquette coming up later on today, playing at 3.30. Uh, that game will be seen on TBS for those that are looking for it at Dickey's Arena. So there you go, just to, to kind of keep you all up to date. Um, 877-867-1670. Um, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN saying, after asking around, feeling is Falcons have stood strong in the Deshaun Watson process, and Watson has felt the love as far as the team's plan and recruitment. With many people reaching out, Falcons can load up in 2023 with ample cap space. Short term, they can add a free agent wide receiver and running back pieces as well. So they're feeling pretty strong in Atlanta that they've got enough to be able to say, we can bring it. Now, again, the other team that was thought to be closing in on Deshaun Watson was indeed the Seattle Seahawks. But that, that at least the discussion regarding Deshaun Watson has, has quieted and quieted somewhat dramatically. 877-867-1670, hit us up. Uh, again, 877-867-1670. Uh, Colorado State now down by 7, 5.26 to go in the contest. There you go. Um, this is from Max. Now, Gunslinger says, let's be real. Aaron Randall Cobb not doing a solid. He probably had, had no choice. If he didn't take a cut, the Packers would have just cut him, and then he'd probably get less on the open market. Okay, let's. it wasn't a hero move, but let's understand this for a second, okay? Cobb could have walked away and not played again and made about two and a half to three million bucks. For $2 million more, he's coming back to play with the Packers, plus incentives. He may have gotten a few million bucks to go elsewhere. I agree with that. That's not the point. The point is that he wanted to remain with the Packers. He could have said, cut me, which would then have pissed off the quarterback. So he could have said, no, the quarterback wants me, keep me. And the Packers could have said no. And then there would have been bad, bad blood and, and the whole thing. Instead, he made it easy for the Packers by saying, give me a pay cut. If you don't realize that, your sarcasm falls on deaf ears. So to say he didn't have a choice, right, okay, I understand that technically. But you have to understand what's the parameters for what's going on around the Green Bay Packers. They're doing anything and everything they can to keep the quarterback happy. If you don't take that into consideration, it's a no-brainer. I agree with you.
but he took less to remain and to keep everybody happy, including himself, I'm sure. But don't be naive. Mark Schofield from the NFL Wire is going to join us coming up next. We're going to talk about everything going on in the NFL. Also, we'll keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament. Got underway about an hour uh, about an hour ago. A little bit less than that. And it's 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 been good. About an hour and a half ago, as a matter of fact. 11.15 Central Time. As Michigan and Colorado State tipped off, Colorado State down by four with five minutes to go in the contest. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.